Before I tell you my secret to innovation, I want to tell you the difference between innovation and creativity. Creativity is coming up with brand new original ideas. Creativity is looking at problems in brand new original ways. Creativity is taking existing ideas that don't normally belong together and pairing them in original brand new ways. So taking a camera and a phone to create the camera phone. That's creative. Innovation, on the other hand, uses creativity. But the thing that takes it from being creative to being innovative is it has to meet this one extra criteria. And that is it needs to provide value, real, big, impactful value to the end user. So if you're a business, to your customer. It has to be a solution that they value, that they want to pay money for, that they want to invest their time and energy into, that they want to use. So people have been really creative. They've seen the problem of wearing glasses in the rain, not being able to see because of the steam and and droplets. Um, And they've come up with this creative idea where they've taken the, the existing idea of windscreen wipers and joined them with glasses. But you don't see people walking around with this creative solution Because people don't value that solution. People don't want windscreen wipers going off in their eyes and making their glasses heavy and noisy and looking weird. People have been really creative and they've put little umbrellas on your expensive designer shoes to protect them from the rain. But you don't see people walking around with little umbrellas on their designer shoes because the end user, the person who buys expensive designer shoes, buys them because they want to show them off. They want to appreciate the design. They don't want to cover them up or interfere with the design by adding ugly little umbrellas. And really, the bigger problem when walking in the rain is walking through puddles than the actual raindrops that fall from the sky. So here are two really fun, creative solutions that completely lost sight of the end user and what the end user values. So they were not innovative. They weren't successful. One of the traps or stumbling blocks to to innovation is that we can get um, obsessed and we can fall in love with the first solution that we think of or the solution that we really love and we lose sight of the problem we're trying to solve and the person who we're trying to solve the problem for because it really comes down to them. We can get caught up in the excitement of using a brand new technology like augmented reality um, because it's new and fun and just because it's new and fun doesn't mean it's going to be an innovative solution. It doesn't mean the end user is going to want to use it. It doesn't mean they're going to pay for it and it does not mean it's going to be successful. So in innovation theory, there's a system called user-centered design that keeps us on track so we don't get too too taken by by our first shiny idea and forget about why we're really doing it. So 
uh, quickly to go over user-centered design before we get stuck on our, our favorite solution or even the problem we're trying to solve. The first step is empathy, gaining empathy with the end user, learning everything about them, not just the problem that we think they have, but the, the core root of the problem, their lifestyle, the things that they love, the things that they don't love, the things that they already have at their disposal, um, which helps us then move into the second step, which is defining the problem. Because we can think we have the problem and the solution sorted out, but without really doing that deep empathy work, we can't be sure. So once we define the problem after that great piece of empathy research, then we move into coming up with solutions. So this step is called ideate and it's about coming up with as many ideas as possible. Some great solutions are just stepping stones to other better ideas. The more ideas we have, the more bits of information we've got to, to let them um, you know, come together to create one super idea Um and so on and so forth. So it's about coming up with as many ideas as possible, not judging your ideas too early because sometimes even though something doesn't seem possible, it can be the seed that makes us think of a new solution or a new way of doing things. So that's ideate. The next two steps are probably the most important and that's prototyping and testing. So really quickly and rapidly coming up with cheap prototypes that we can then test our ideas. So we find a solution that we think will work. We make a cheap, um, minimum viable product to test the idea. And by testing it, I don't mean we look at it and say, oh yeah, it looks nice. Or we test the functionality. We test it by putting it in the hands of the end user. We get their feedback early, early on. We don't worry about being a perfectionist. We tell them, this is a cheap prototype. Um, it's not going to be the final product. Just tell us if, if we're close, if we're on the right track. And from there, we may need to go back and define the problem because we've got it wrong. We may need to go back to some of our other ideas uh, based on their feedback. And again, prototype and test, prototype and test until we get the feedback from the consumer that, yes, I value this. I need this in my life. When can I get this? So I'm not telling you about user-centered design and that uh, strategy to try and um, freak you out and tell you there's a right way or a wrong way to do innovation. This isn't about giving you another reason to put it in the too hard basket and give it up to the experts. I'm telling you this because... I need you to understand how to use your brain most efficiently. Our brains are great places to have ideas, but they are not great places to keep ideas. The magic of our brains is that they can zoom out and see all the bits of information. They can make connections between ideas and do that creative work. They can take a memory and a new piece of information that's just been learned to to magically bring them together to create that new solution. That's what we need our brains to do when we are innovating, when we're ideating and coming up with as many ideas as possible. But our brains can't do that if they're trying to sit still and remember as many things as possible. 
The first idea we come up with is always the worst. It takes about 10 ideas, 10 bad ideas to come up with one good idea. And our brains in our short-term memory can only remember about three to five things. After that, we struggle and we strain to hold on to everything and we begin to forget stuff. If all your brain muscles are being used to juggle ideas and and hold all the ideas together at once, it's unable to do its zooming out, connective, creative, magical work. It's unable to keep focused on the end user, providing value for them and the problem you're trying to solve. Because once it's got the solution In its focus, it can no longer hold that problem in its mind at the same time. It becomes full. It becomes overwhelmed. So let me introduce you to my secret weapon, the failure-friendly innovation starter kit. I've made a couple of these kits which you can buy, but really I want you to use this idea and create your own. Every kit will be a little bit different, but it will be full of colorful, playful tools to use your brain the way it was intended. Tools that will free up your brain so it doesn't have to remember every idea. Tools that will give it room to move and zoom out and see connections. Every starter kit will be different, but every starter kit will have have these three things. It will have post-it notes, it will have whiteboard markers, and it will have a crayon. There'll be heaps of other fun stuff in there as well, but these three things are probably the most powerful tools you can use. In every step, whether you're trying to think about everything you know about your customer, the end user, everything you know about the problem you're trying to solve or every idea you can come up with to solve that problem, post-it notes are needed first. Write down every idea you have about the customer, every idea you have about the problem and every idea you have for a solution. Write just one word, a few words to to title the idea and have a post-it note each for each idea. You can place them out on a table or preferably get a big blank piece of wall and stick them up on the wall. That's the first start, the first piece, doing a big brain dump of all of your ideas onto individual post-it notes. If you can, color code the the thoughts for different, different things. Once you've done your brain dump, you can start to zoom out because your brain doesn't have to hold on to all of these ideas at once. It can zoom out and start to organize the ideas. You can see connections. You can see, oh, these ideas are similar. Or these ideas go together. These ideas could create a super idea. Zoom out and start to see themes and categories and things that could work together. This step of categorizing your ideas is intuitive. It can't be taught. Just follow your gut. And the great thing about them being sticky and post-it notes, you can move them as many times as you want. There's no right or wrong in this stage. The other valuable tool in the starter kit is whiteboard markers. Now, I don't expect you to have a whiteboard at home, but everybody has a window and everybody has a mirror. Creative, innovative work needs space. Your brain needs space, more space than they're going to get on a Word document or on a blank page. 
You can take your post-it notes to the window or to the mirror, or you can use the categories and the ideas that have popped up through the post-it notes and take them to your new whiteboard. You can start to draw um, flow charts of how the ideas fit together. You can do drawings. Just give your ideas space to move and play, as much space as possible. The other important tool that you'll find in every starter kit is a crayon or a child's texter or marker. And that's because perfectionism is the enemy of creativity. Crayons force us to make mistakes and to make mess. And mess is a crucial part of the creative process. So I could talk about the science of innovation, the science of creativity and the anxiety that holds us back, but really All I want you to understand is that for our brains to do their most powerful, innovative work, we need to free them up. We need to get the ideas out in a visual way, a messy way that can be moved around so we don't have to hold on to those ideas and try and remember how they all fit together. We can just see it visually, freeing up our brains to do do that creative, connective work of seeing connections, seeing things in new ways. It's that freedom to think. It's that freedom to move, the freedom to play and make mistakes and be colorful and childlike that is the secret key to innovation. You can get your own starter kit, find out more about how to make your own or just learn more about the creative process and innovation at failurefriendly.com. Remember that innovation is our way to stop being victims to disruption. The disruption we're living through at the moment and the oncoming recession are rich with opportunities. In a recession, money doesn't just evaporate, it merely changes hands. If you can free up your mind and let it do its powerful work by using these tools, then you're more likely to see and take those opportunities. This has been Buzzy Lewis from Failure Friendly, sending you the best of luck.